You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another post-game edition, a victory post-game edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 1053 The Fan as the Dallas Stars win in overtime by the score of four to three thank you so much for uh joining us uh tonight uh quick note if you haven't had a chance go back and listen to our old podcast and our old podcast with sean shapiro the other day has a q a session with stars general manager jim nill and that's pretty cool so he answers questions about bork stankoven he talks about salary cap. He talks about Duchesne's play. Just a lot of things that Jim Nill talks about. So if you haven't had a chance yet, that would be terrific. So in tonight's podcast, you always hear me saying, together we grow the great game of hockey here in DFW. And a couple of guys that are doing a good job as far as growing this great game are the podcast Starcastic Remarks, which A, is an awesome name. And let's just start there, boys. How did you come up with the name, and how did you guys get together? Because you guys are fans of the stars that decided, hey, we're going to start a podcast, correct? That's kind of how it happened. Uh, To be totally honest with you, uh, I am a teacher. So when the pandemic came around, I was just bored out of my mind. I was complete like I, I was so used to going around as a band teacher and just like constantly moving and stuff like that. So I needed something else to occupy my time because there there wasn't much to do. So in August of 2020, we just kind of just kind of decided with the uh, no, we're just gonna start this thing up and just see where it goes. And uh, just between the three of us, we have we have so much passion for this team and how much we've loved this team. It, it all goes back to our uh, our dad. We call him the patriarch sometimes. And uh, he kind of introduced us all to this wonderful game we call hockey and the wonderful team. And it's it just kind of gone off from there. And for the past three and a half, almost four years now, uh, we've been kind of part of this community of trying to grow this fan base and trying to show these, you know, Northeastern Canadian hockey nuts that these Southern people down here actually do know their hockey, regardless of what they think. And uh, we've enjoyed every moment doing it. So it, it's, it's been great to, uh, to, to start it. And we've had so much fun. So their names are Ryan, Chris, and James. And let's move to you, Chris. Let's talk about tonight's game. And it's one of those things where, Two points is two points, and, you know, you don't want to be overly, you know, negative, but there certainly were some flaws tonight on the ice, and we clearly saw some of those, you know, stars' mistakes result in Ducks' goals. Yeah, d- definitely felt like we clawed this one out uh, as opposed to what it should have been. Uh, the the first goal by Otter was really a rough one. The turnover by Hockenpah on that second goal just 
some, some really big mistakes is what it felt like from the stars tonight. Uh, on, on top of what was other, what was otherwise a really good game from the stars with 44 shots on goal, uh, really dominant in the offensive zone. Uh, but yeah, like you said, two points is two points as you're getting away to the, uh, to the all-star break, picking up as many of these as you can is great. And we've got four of the last six here and to pick up this last one would put us real close into that conversation for the, uh, for the division lead. So for stars fans, you know, I, I pointed this out. We're actually doing a double header. I just appeared on the Starcastic Remarks podcast. These guys were nice enough to jump on spits and suds. And one of the things that we talked about that a lot of NHLers will say is, is that the first game back from an extended road trip, which this certainly was, uh, feels like a road game. And you really, you know, that first game is kind of dangerous, you know, w- when they get back. Um, I thought Ottinger made some key saves tonight, but at the same time, we certainly saw that first goal go in. That was just, you know, uh, uh, kind of tough. Uh, I think boys that he's going to start to become more of a focus, you know, as we've been seeing this stars team give up, uh, more goals, James, you pointed out as far as quality starts. And I wanted you to get into that as far as, you know, Jake Ottinger's play and the save percentage playing a big part of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen Otter be really good in the past. I mean, the main breakout season that everyone talks about is when they played Calgary in the playoffs, and that was basically all him the whole time. And since then, we haven't really seen the same Otter. And he's he hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination, and some of that may just be goaltending getting worse, worse. That's offense getting better. But a save percentage is down across the league this year but it feels like it's a little worse for Otter. It feels sometimes he doesn't save on some of those bigger opportunities, whereas normally he would. Yeah, you know, certainly, you know, I look at that one of the goals. Well, actually, when you look at the rest of the goals, uh, you know, tough turnover in the defensive zone by Yanni Hockenpah, Adam Henrique with the hustle play. Um, nice four check steals the puck, gets it over to Terry, whether he knew Terry was there or not, throws it in front of the net. And I don't think many goalies, uh, you know, stop that. And, and then that goal, which Anaheim took the one goal lead. I mean, just a pass out in front. I, I don't know if that was a forward missed assignment. Uh, you know, it looked like, uh, but at the same time, you know, this, this front of the net issue that I talk about on post games, um, it's almost rinse and repeat boys, because I feel as though every single game, there's a, uh, name the team ducks, red wings, Islanders, Detroit, a player that gets uh positioning from the offensive side in front of either Ottinger, you know, name or Wedgwood or even Matt Murray with a high grade chance because of the offensive positioning. We saw that several times tonight again. And one of the things that we keep kind of going back to is is just that there sim, seems to be an mo with all of these head coaches across the NHL on how to play the Dallas Stars. It's and and you kind of mentioned it uh, earlier in in well, I say earlier in in our episode that we did we just finished recording, but it's it's all about all you have to do is just pressure the Stars defense, and they seem to burp the puck up, and whether that's that's unfair to the defense and they're just getting hammered down in their own zone. And the offense is the, uh, excuse me, the forwards are not coming back and helping out defensively. 
or maybe it's Otter is not paying attention enough or Wedgwood or whatever, but it just seems like in including in, in the net front, it it seems like the stars seem to get the first save from the goaltender. But then because of the rebounds and especially that Wedgwood gives up sometimes, it just seems to be in the back of our net the, for the second or the third opportunity. And it does get extremely frustrating sometimes to, to, to see this because we could be completely dominating a game and one play by a, a defenseman or just, you know, the one time they don't do their, their assignment it goes in the back of our net and we could be completely dominating a game and it wouldn't matter. And it's that they don't measure that in, uh, in games. It's all about goals. That's, that is the single most important thing in the game of hockey. And sometimes we, we just allow easy goals as a team because just the, the defense is not good enough and getting the puck out of our own zone or whatever. So we saw the return of Miro Haskin in tonight, boys and uh, time on ice leader with 25 minutes scored a goal. Um, but kind of the story was the pairing of Miro Haskinen and Thomas Harley and Thomas Harley exits with a plus three, uh, goal and, uh, an assist, uh, two points and, and just a solid game. And, you know, the future is bright and, uh, really excited about the play of Thomas Harley tonight. Yeah, it would be awesome if we could clone both of those guys because we, we talk about the trouble that we have getting the puck out of our own zone. Neither of them have an issue with it. They, they can get out of there pretty easily and do some damage on the other end of the ice like we saw tonight. Um, I love seeing them play together. It's it's it, Unfortunately, it, they look even better because of how much worse our, our other pairs are too When you whenever you have them together. Um, but yeah, I, I think seeing them together is just, that's a elite top pair. It's not even just, okay, now we have, we actually have a top pair uh, we, as opposed to just Miro playing with whoever and just trying to keep him on the ice as often as possible. The Miro Harley thing, that is a pair. And that is one of the be better pairs in the league. I think right now, with, especially with the way Harley has stepped up recently and his play has gotten so much better. Yeah, I love the youth movement, movement, and hopefully Bixel can come along pretty soon and you know add another young body to that uh, that defensive core. Another young body that kind of struggled tonight, and it was kind of ironic that Miro comes back in, and all of a sudden it's back to old Niels Lundqvist after such a great stretch. And just at times, whether he was falling down on the ice or you know caused that turnover, which Ottinger had to come out deep late in the game, and uh, you know kind of use his body to protect the puck. Um, which probably saved a goal, things like that. So, uh, and in the first period, you can't really blame it, but you know, it just seemed like the puck, he was fighting the puck throughout the night, whether yeah. or not it was on his stick or going off his leg and almost turned into a goal. Yeah. And, and on our podcast, I'm a huge Lundquist apologist and I am just begging for him to get more and more ice time. And it, it's the games like this that it feels like you can't give him more ice time. I mean, he's doing the exact same mistakes that we've seen him get pulled off the ice for sh shooting it straight to the shin pads, leading almost to a breakaway that Otter had to come way out of his crease to break up the, the falling on the ice at very inopportune times. Uh, yeah. It's he's making it hard to, to put him on, on the ice for uh, Pete DeBoer. And it, it seems like he wants to, especially with the way we saw Hanley, kind of finish up that kind of 10 game stretch without Miro there. So he's got an opportunity here and it just feels like he he's kind of, it feels like he's squandering it. And it's, it's, I wish he would play better so we can see more of him. Yeah. You know, and it, it, oh, sorry. It, go ahead. It really feels like it 
shows that it's more mental right now because throughout the 10 games that Mira's out, he was playing and he looked at least like serviceable. I mean, you, you had games here and there. It was like he had a rough game here, but he wasn't falling on the ice every period. And it feels like that he kind of got back to that tonight. You know, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that 12 giveaways tonight for the Dallas stars. And, you know, you want to cut that down. The other thing I wanted to point out, I mean, 44 shots on net is important, but I felt as though they left some quality shots, you know, on the table in that I felt as though they were looking for that perfect pass, you know, and it's sometimes I just like to see them get back to the basics and just shoot, shoot on net, especially when you're playing a goaltender that was clearly hot tonight in John Gibson. Um, probably kept Anaheim in the game and almost won Anaheim the game. Uh, John Gibson against the Stars is just a nemesis, always played well, uh, playing real well for Anaheim. Uh, we talked about this earlier, you know, beating a Boston, beating a Colorado. Uh, Anaheim has done that tonight. And, and like that first goal, it's really interesting because I was watching the game with someone tonight. And when Marchman passed it. I was like, oh man, you got a clear look. And all of a sudden, Duchesne with you know, perfect pass to Duchesne. And I'm like, oh, never mind. You know, but that is a great moment. But at the same time, I just felt as though sometimes they're just looking for that perfect pass, getting a little too cute. And I think that's causing a, a few turnovers as well. Yeah. I feel like a lot with Stars fans, they're always talking about, man, how are these backup goalies always like the best goalies we've ever seen? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is due to not it's not just that we're giving up the good shots it is that it's not getting people in front of the net when a goalie is on so you see a goalie's on you gotta you gotta make an adjustment at some point and it seems like the stars only adjustment that they make is that okay let's make the perfect pass it's a slam dunk no chance for the goalie when we need to kind of get back to what we did a lot last year especially on the power play and that's get guys in front get deflections and find some greasy goals right around the crease and it feels like we've gotten away from that uh, that was so successful for us last year. I think that would help us, especially when we're playing goalies that are playing out of their mind the way Gibson was tonight. And How what is the thing? Oh, sorry, go, Brian. Sorry, Gavin. Sorry. And that, that that's funny that you said that, Gavin. It's because it, it's almost like you were reading my mind. Uh, what I like to do is during the games, it's just during big chances or big moments or something that just pops in my head or whatever, I'll just type it down on my phone and I basically take notes for every single game. And one of the things that I actually type down and I, I put it even in a question mark. The Stars trying to be too cute with it. And and for those that are hardcore hockey fans, you you kind of hear this disease called overpassitis. Hmm. And sometimes they the Stars kind of, and especially with the elite depth offense that the Stars have, they can sometimes get away with, you know, get into that. And we see it from Duchesne. We see it from Hint sometimes. We've seen it from Robo. We've And Robo's been better about shooting the puck lately. But there have been times where, like, yo, like I can, I feel like I'm yelling at the TV, like, shoot! And yeah. there's another pass. And then it and then it gives the, the defense another opportunity to stop the pressure that the Stars may be having, whether it's a, a power play or a rush chance or extended five-on-five five, uh, ozone time or whatever it is. So it, I, I think that you're, you're on to something there, Gavin, and that maybe they just need to be less cute. Just be less cute and just look for the quality chance. And when you see it, you know it. It's, it's just something that with the more hockey you watch and the more you get used to watching this team, you see exactly where that, that chance is. And you're like, OK, they got to shoot at the puck right now, right here. 
you know, one, one of the things that I love about like having LUDs on this podcast is like, you know, Craig's won two cups and I like to ask questions that I'm thinking, but I'm kind of embarrassed to ask. And one of the things I asked is like, why do the stars keep missing the net at times? Like, did you ever notice that it's like all of a sudden, mm -hmm. and he just put it simply, you know, cause he coaches, um, some real good, you know, stars youth, uh, as far as, uh, you know, even before juniors. And he said that he watches his team. And one thing that he preaches to these kids, they're all looking to go top shelf. They're all looking to pick the corners. And he said, that's not necessarily the most effective boys. Um, and you know, sometimes like similar to that extra pass, sometimes you're just trying to get it in that small window and your chances go down, whether just put pucks on net and, you know, make, make the goalie, make the stop. Uh, Cause we've seen time and time again, like that opportunity, you know, just a simple cross ice pass that went off of Ottinger for the first Anaheim goal. So uh, I did want to ask you guys, I find it fascinating that we can't figure out if an NFL football game, an NFL football crosses the goal line yet we in tennis and with 160 mile per hour can get it within centimeters showing where it hit the line. And in today's NHL, it is absolutely amazing that we can tell where a puck is in John Gibson's glove. That to me was absolutely fascinating. I was genuinely surprised they overturned it. I mean, but I guess you can see that crossing the goal line. Had it not been, I was telling my buddy, I thought that was one of the better saves I've seen all year to position your glove in that small window um, finding that window where your player can't block the puck. I just found it was an amazing save that'll never be shown again because it actually wasn't a save. And I just wanted to get your take on it because I was absolutely amazed that it was overturned. But I mean, when you look at the replay and you magnify it, the NHL, man, they're on top of it when it comes to replay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think that was the like. Finally, we got on the good side of one of those reviews. It's, it feels like it's been a minute for the stars, but yeah, to, to see that one go in our favor was great, especially because uh, it, it it was such a big moment in that game too. It was like he makes that save, and I we're just fully shut down. How do we not score on that? Three amazing chances in a row, right in front, and he stones us with the biggest save of the night. And to be like, oh, actually, it did go in. That that was just. <laughs> That that super helped the emotion of the game, in my opinion. Well, it was a goal because it wasn't Mason Marchment who who took the shot, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but honestly, Gavin, when I saw the save, I I, I flashed back. I'm going to show my age a little bit here. I, I my mind flashed back to the Nabokov save on Brad oh, Richards. Yeah. In the playoffs. Oh my goodness! I still that that save is in my nightmares for years and still is to this day. It's like 
how what was that 2008 man it was a it was, long time ago that's a that's a great pull by you it was back then and marty turco said hold my beer because i'll make a save like that as well mm -hmm. you know and he robbed san jose that what's to me the best goaltending matchup in a playoff that i had seen um regarding the start that to me both goalies and you know I talked to Marty about that and, you know, either goalie did not want the other goalie to win and they knew how well they were playing. And yeah, Nabokov does not get mentioned in circles as far as like one of the greats, but I mean, man, you know, he certainly was elite when he was playing for that San Jose team. So uh, that's a great pull for you. I, I just thought the save was wonderful tonight. You know, I'm kind of a goaltending nerd. Um, you know, because I think they're forgotten with the high scoring chances that are now the NHL and the kind of lack of physicality, you know, that we have, but I mean, the, boy, the, the coordination, as far as these glove saves and the, the pad saves and, you know, Jake Ottinger coming across the crease, like he did in Detroit with a toe save, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it really is, uh, really is impressive, uh, boys tonight in a central division, uh, Nashville beat Minnesota more importantly. Old school boys, old school with 46 penalty minutes and two fights, a couple instigator penalties. I was unaware of this. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I, now I'm I, interested. <laughs> you know, Minnesota is actually an interesting watch this year because they're not necessarily good in the central, but Minnesota Winnipeg is uh boy they'll, they'll get rough there. You know, Minnesota Nashville. So, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams if you if you like the antiquated physicality play like Gavin Spittle does, you know, the old school kind of way once in a while, that's a good one. So it's a, yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. Unfortunately, uh, Nashville pulls it out. So, uh, they get the, uh, they get the two points. The other thing I wanted to point out, um, that Patrick was return to Montreal was spoiled tonight as the Islanders fall. They were down three to nothing. Came all the way back, tied it up at three. Montreal scores late, four to three, the final score. Hmm. Yeah. The, the crazier thing in that game is the eight power plates that the Islanders got. Yeah, <laughs> they that's had a great point, all James. Play goals, all power play goals to come back in that. I I still can't believe that they that you give one up late after all that. Yeah. It was no, rigged, guaranteed. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, we have Edmonton coming up in just a few weeks and just the tear continues. And a lot of people now all of a sudden are, are saying like, who's going to beat Edmonton. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to get your thoughts. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Um, as I said on the podcast the other day, the coach bump is real. And then I asked Craig about it and he said, Oh yeah, it's real. You know, the, you know, the, the, the laces get tightened a little bit, you know, you're trying to say, Hey, I'm, I'm a good player. Check me out. So it's just fascinating because we've seen coach bumps, although it temporarily in Minnesota with John Hines taking the helm or seeing it in Edmonton. So uh, it's interesting that these triggers are being pulled in the NHL. And I think in part it's because owners and general managers are saying, Hey, we want that extra playoff revenue. If we have a shot like the Islanders who are just outside the playoffs, you know, that extra playoff revenue, that gate means something to us. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the coach polls, even like there's situations where it's like, there's no way this is the coach's fault, but yeah. you still do it because it, well, now it's because of the history you've seen it work. But it's also just the easiest thing for you to do. You got to find something to change. You got to, you got to, something's got to move to get your team up to that next step. 
And the easiest thing, you don't change salary cap. You don't bring anyone up. You don't send anyone down. It's just changing a coach. So your team stays the same. What you've built is the same. And change the coach is the easy thing to do. And it's been successful crazily, especially the past five years. It has been super successful. And I just don't think that, and I'll, I'll go out on a limb here. I'll say a hot take here. I don't think the Edmonton Oilers are a cup contender. Really? I don't. It, it, it's the, the, the reason for it is just how hot and cold they can truly be. I mean, literally, they they go on this terrible tear. They're 31st in the NHL at one point. They get the coaching change. They go and win, I think, nine in a row. They go and lose four in a row, and now they're winning 14 in a row. So the the, the thing is, there's there may be some recency, like recent consistency for their game, but this team is only going to go as far as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's it. And regardless of some of these other guys that are kind of stepping up, it, I, I should mention Zach Hyman as well, who is having a fantastic season with them. And uh, same thing with uh, uh, Warren Fogle. He, he's kind of being a really good uh, cheap option up in the top six for them and kind of uh, getting some offense going for them. But I just don't I, – I honestly just don't see it because the, as as good as they can be, they can be just as bad. And you don't see that from the Stanley Cup contenders that we would consider right now. Like this year, Vancouver is absolutely a Stanley Cup contender. We thought they were going to fall off. They have not fallen off. The Vegas Golden Knights, they've kind of had a, a little bit of a rough streak as of late, but they're still able to to kind of push their way through and get through the rough patches. Carolina is starting to play a little bit better. LA is probably going to get out of this funk here soon as well. It's just the... It's just a different feeling for me with Edmonton compared to these other teams. If anyone can drag Edmonton to the Stanley Cup, though, it's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That is a crazy pairing. But yeah, I, th- he I think defensively, do it by himself. he can't do it by himself. He's got to have hey, guys surrounding him. He hasn't done it yet, but he could. Yeah. I am impressed that defensively, they're a lot better. I shout out the Blackhawks tonight. Uh, by the way, Former uh, star Jason Dickinson getting a new two-year deal, so uh, stick tap to uh, to him on that. You know, the other thing, boys, that I wanted to point out to our Spits and Suds uh, listeners is the fact that, because, I mean, we're talking about catching Colorado or Winnipeg, but the Stars have actually stretched their lead as far as wild card. You know, right now, as far as making the playoffs, it's an 11-point gap. And that is stretched out. So, I mean, kudos. We're we're talking about, you know, we got to get first or whatever. But, I mean, I'm kind of looking at that, too, in the back end. And I'm saying 11 points, that's that's stretching out really nicely for this Dallas team where, you know, they can concentrate and the stick won't be as tight because, you know, as that gap widens, the playoffs become more in sight. Yeah, And and I think that's exactly where you want to be going into the all-star break as kind of a benchmark. You're solidly in the playoffs. You got your eye on the division lead and we got more, more than an eye on it. Now we are, we are right there in the thick of it. 65 for Winnipeg, 65 Colorado, 64 Dallas. We're, we're right there. And even for, for league, we we are five points back from the president's trophy right now, which is a crazy thing to think about uh, given the past two years and how crazy high the previous president's trophy winners have been, but it's within reach. The stars are one of the better teams this league this year, thanks to the uh, spread and league parity. Yeah. And the, the league standings was one I was going to point out too. it dropping from first in your division to third feels really bad when you 
when you look at it and you're like, we were in first for like the first month and a half of the season, but you look at the league standings and you're like, we're sitting fifth and our division is third, fourth, fifth in the league. Yeah. You know, one, one thing I will say, which will be interesting on Saturday, you know, matinee tilts are a little different. You don't get that morning skate in, you know, sometimes it takes a while for those legs to get going. One little thing that I want to point out just in case is that, you know, you look at the stars schedule and they played Philadelphia on a Thursday. Then they had Saturday, Sunday, back to back, then Tuesday in Detroit now Thursday. So a lot of games and then they're back at it on Saturday, Washington, who's coming in here, shout out Anaheim on Tuesday. They have not played since. So they're going to be fresh on Saturday. So just something to keep in mind, you know, as the stars have played, numerous games and you know let's hope they can end it with two points you know going into the all-star break yeah we've talked about that being a trap too because you probably got your plane leaving that night to head off to whatever island destination yeah. you got for that week <laughs> so really trying to lock in on that matinee and make sure you you get two points out of it uh, against an inferior opponent that that's going to be huge as to your emotion heading into the all-star break i feel like yeah i think it's kind of like the perspectives changed when uh you see coaches now sitting down the player and just say, you're going to the all-star and they're like, Oh, I guess I have to change my plans. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not the same. Yeah. Someone posted on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. Someone posted on Twitter that they've never been happier to cancel their uh, Airbnb before <laughs> someone who got to the all-star game. It was his first time though. So I'm sure guys like Ovechkin are just tired of it at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean Shapiro and I talked about, they need to change the format. I mean, again, yeah. unfortunately, like it's cool and it's exciting, but you know, I'm glad Jake Ottinger's getting the notoriety. I wish it was last year, but when you're in the same division as Connor Hellebuck and UC Soros, it's awful tough. Uh, though Soros is down this year too. Um, but you know, one thing I'll say is that I would like to see expanded benches um, if they can in some way, because, uh, you know, I, I just feel as though it's like pick the best guys don't necessarily pick based on position. It's it's tough. I know what they're trying to do and it becomes a skills competition, you know, three on three and everything is it's not like checking is going to be a, a big part of the game or anything like that. It's just all star games during the season and all star games in any sport. It's just not the same, you know? I mean, it's just at one time it was like a celebration, especially pre like NHL center ice packages or ESPN plus packages where like, you know, you'd see like if the Boston Bruins came to play Dallas, that was, that could be your first time seeing the Boston Bruins besides reading them in the paper, you know? So these teams were special or when you saw the American league versus the national league on TV, they, they, it was different. It was unique because you didn't have interleague back when I was a kid. So to see the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, take the field was like, wow, this is so cool. This is different. And they're, they're playing and you had pride that your guys were in it. And now it's like, okay, good. You know, hopefully Jake Ottinger can get his game together and not get hurt during the all-star game. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that being the reason why they feel worse now, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Well, and you know, I think they've also kind of changed their target audience for the all-star game. If that kind of makes any sense. It, I mean, in all reality, let's be honest, it's not for the adults. It's kind of geared more towards the kids. It feels like nowadays, like, like preteen and the, the young kids, it seems like that's what they're trying to do. And I, I'm sorry, I don't like the jerseys. Yeah, those <laughs> but, jerseys sure do look childish. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that that's what I was thinking. But like I showed some of my, uh, 
some of, some of my students uh, where I work and like what what they thought of the jerseys and they actually thought it, they were cool. And I was just like, really? <laughs> I was like, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. But, you know, what is nice about the All-Star game, though, uh, if you look forward to next year and there's already talks about it is a sort of kind of best on best tournament. And it seems like it's going to be U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden. And it's just going to be uh, NHL players. It'll be a, a mid-season tournament. So, and I think that's going to probably take the place of of the All Star Game. Is the rumors we haven't had that confirmed yet or anything like that. But I am looking forward to that. And and maybe you can throw in the All Star Game like in every other year kind of thing. So maybe there it in a year you you actually take the week off and everybody takes the week off. There's just nothing. And, and everyone is allowed to breathe for a little bit. And then the next year they do a, a best on best tournament. And then the year after that, they bring back an, the all-star game or whatever, maybe do some sort of rotation kind of thing, because I, I, I think people have kind of grown, grown out of the all-star game, to be honest with you. Yeah. One, one other note, we mentioned the Canadians and Islanders, uh, Canadians veteran, Brendan Gallagher with a real tough elbow tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, expect NHL player safety to call a hearing and uh, we'll see what the suspension, if there is going to be a suspension, not really a guy that's known for that. However, the NHL certainly wants to, you know, take care of that, especially if it's in open ice. So uh, that's one thing I think player safety, I'm sure a hearing will be called and uh, we'll probably get the ruling on that tomorrow. So wherever your favorite podcasts are found, we say that about spits and suds and that's where you can find sarcastic remarks, right boys? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's awesome what you guys have done. Kudos. Congratulations, Ryan, James, Chris. I hope it grows because, like I said, you know, it's all about expanding great stars talk here in DFW. You guys are a big part of it. Truly appreciate the collaboration allowing me onto your podcast tonight. And you guys jump it on spits and suds. It was a double post game edition. So uh, stick tap to you boys and uh, certainly keep up the good work. Yeah, thanks for having us on, and and just like you are for us, we're big fans of this one too, so you keep doing what you're doing as well. Man, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, James, Ryan, and Chris from Starcastic Remarks. A wonderful name. I thought Spits and Suds was a good name until Starcastic Remarks came around. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, we'll probably be on Saturday after the game, obviously. We'll talk about that Stars game. we got some really cool interviews. I'm going to take uh, take on Rich Peverly on Monday. Uh, so we're going to tape that and talk about Rich's career and uh, hoisting the Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, we talk about Matt Murray in the minors and that's a guy that is undrafted. And can he find his place onto a stars uh, roster as a backup goaltender? Well, Rich Peverly was an undrafted guy. Now he's the head of player development for the stars. So we'll talk Stankoven. We'll talk Bork. Uh, so if you have any questions for Rich Peverly and the stars organization, please uh, at GJ Spittle, we'll get him in for you. So really excited to do a deep dive on Rich Peverly's uh, career as he was also traded from the Bruins to the stars and some other guy was traded in that trade named Tyler Sagan. So <laughs> that's going to do it for me, Gavin Spittle and the Starcastic remark boys for tonight. Once again, thank you so much one and all for listening and supporting spits and suds. We'll talk to you soon.